Hello and welcome to the Less I Know podcast. My name is Abel. And my name is Dylan. And this podcast is dedicated to all the learners out there. Um, Dylan and I are on this journey where we're trying to become the best version of ourselves. And we're learning a bunch of different uh, things. And we're getting intimate and getting really good at learning how to learn, which we think is possibly one of the most valuable skills out there. And so this podcast is dedicated to that journey. Uh, we talk about a bunch of different topics and today's topic is very interesting. But before we get into today's topic, we have an update. If Dylan, you want to kind of let everyone know. We do, know. yeah. So the update is that we're changing the format. And the reason being is that we realize that with the past couple of episodes, we've been kind of meandering around different things and the topics been have been a little bit too vague. Mm-hmm. And the goal right now is basically to be more specific and to stay on track with the topics that we talk about, but to still give ourselves some leeway to have fun with it. Um, so the way that we think that we can do that with this is basically uh, choosing a specific piece of content and dissecting that piece of content, talking about the things we've learned from it, the things that we um, have happened in our past that are correlated to it, that maybe bring in other resources that make that lesson even richer from the thing that we've learned from the piece of content. So it's all centered around a piece of content. Mm-hmm. And that content can be a movie, it could be a book, it could be a lecture, it could be a blog, it could be whatever. Um, but you and I will basically consume that thing and then we'll riff on that thing. And that that's basically right. it. Yeah, perfect. That was a really good explanation. Um, exactly that. So um, today's topic is, or the, or the podcast is called Nothing Works, uh, how to deal with the never-ending shit barrage of the human experience. I really like that title. It's an amazing title. <laughs> it's, uh, it's true. It is very true, yeah. And so today, today's podcast is inspired by um, an amazing talk that Dylan found. Um, he was scrolling on the YouTubes and came across... Yeah, so actually I found it, interestingly enough. So I found yeah. this video through um, another video. I was watching two developers talk about, I think, like getting into software development. Uh-huh. And one of them referenced this as one of the videos that actually helped them continue with their development journey. Interesting. Yeah. That's for, oh wow! I, I guess it is a very inspirational yeah. uh, video talk to to listen to, and um, it's, it sucks because this video is only two thousand views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world, the it's world, really disappointing. Yeah, well, I, I don't think views are a good measure of whether something sure. is valuable, right? It's it's very easy to to um to attach that to yeah value, right? Yeah. You know, uh, but it's just people haven't discovered it yet, and when they discover it, I'm sure they'll find it amazing and hopefully it'll go up in views after you post this <laughs> one view <laughs> we're gonna kill it <laughs> our entire audience is gonna go watch that and it's like yeah. five people <laughs> oh we don't care it's, so it's what's it about who is it what is it uh so yes uh nothing works how to deal with the never-ending ship barrage of the human experience and essentially this talk um is a fantastic talk uh by a guy who runs a company called patreon uh, for those of you who don't know, Patreon is a company where you can send money to your crea- to creators, uh, but that stuff is irrelevant. We'll talk about the the content of the talk and not the guy. Um, so he he essentially outlines, um, you know, we always hear these success stories um, in the world, and he announced that he's feel, he feels lied to, and we also feel the same way too. In that, like um, most of life is filled with uh, small, ignorable 
irrelevant uh, mistakes, mishaps, uh, sprinkled with a little bit of success and then more misses and mistakes. And um, that is the majority of what life is. And yet in media, we see these images and we see these um, stories about these phenomenal success stories, you know, these outliers that uh, get highlighted. And when you're constantly being, you know, uh, exposed to, to these success stories, you realize, holy shit, everyone's life is amazing and I'm just sucky. I just like, <laughs> I, I have all of this shit to deal with and all of these mistakes that I'm making. And, and he felt, you know, what's interesting is the, the come up, the grind uh, before those successes. And so in this talk, he essentially highlights those failures and, and mishaps that, has, that he's had in his life uh, that have led up to his successes and also after his successes too. So yeah, it's, it, it was great. I thank you for sharing this, Dylan, because I actually genuinely really enjoyed this talk. And um, yeah, this is, this is a really good inspiration for, for this, uh, this podcast. Yeah, no, it was... Um it was it was super good actually. It gave me cold chills the first time I watched it. No way, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, so I, I think it is. I think it's kind of important for us to kind of talk about a bit about the guy, mm. and give some context to the listeners of True. who he is. True, I did skim over. So that he, so this he's a CEO and co he's his co-founder. I don't know if he's CEO, but he's he's the founder of. Um, I think he's CEO. Yeah, yeah, Patreon, yeah. and they've they have a big evaluation, a lot of employees, a lot of success, all that stuff, and his name's Jack Jack Conti. But before he did this, he was a creative. Like he he was he was he was in music. He was in animate. He stop motion animation. He was in video videography, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So it's interesting to see how where he comes from and his like place of origin into the tech scene. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some stuff I'll get into later. But he always it seemed as if when looking on his history throughout this presentation, is he always favored. Um, interest over status mm. so he always pursued what he was interested in not not going to the thing that gave him status or money or any of that stuff mm. which was which is quite interesting yeah it, i mean a lot of people uh whether they the interests are very clear and bold or are slightly kind of like um uh hidden or kind of need some time to be discovered mm-hmm. um we tend to we tend to um uh ignore them because um, society values, uh, uh, you know, studying at Harvard or uh, or being an investment banker or being a hotshot entrepreneur or whatever the case may be, right? And um, it's interesting to see what someone... Also, I think it's important to remember that um, not only is it incredibly inspiring to see someone who goes against the grain and follows their inspiration versus uh, what society values and, and, and status and money and all of that jazz, um, it's inspiring to see that, but it's also... Um, it also re- requires some level of privilege uh, to be able to go against that because some people don't have a choice. Of course, know? yeah, yeah. M- money is money is the first choice. Yeah. So I, I guess I kind of want to give some context to the presentation. Not not context, but I want to walk them through the presentation as I interpreted it, so yeah. they have an idea of what they're what we're talking about. I love the it. listeners. I love it. Let's do it. Um, so he basically starts the presentation off talking about how, like you mentioned, Abel, everybody talks about the success, the winners, everybody is always great, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he basically cuts that off and shuts it off and says, that's not true. Um, and there was actually a mantra that I highlighted here that basically states that, um, at the end of the day, nothing works. (laughs) And that's like the mantra of his life. Yeah. And he actually, listeners, I want you to close your eyes if you're not driving and 
basically what he what he does and he depicts on the screen is multiple columns there's probably hundred and maybe more columns and all these columns are transparent except for two and say there's 200 200 columns and of the 200 columns two are green and the rest are transparent and all those transparent columns are basically all the failures that he's had throughout his life and all the things that have went wrong and uh, some of the ones that he mentions throughout this presentation are he recorded thousands and thousands of videos, not thousands, maybe maybe a thousand of videos uh, throughout his teenage years. He always carried a camcorder with him to record things and nothing ever happened with those. They all stayed in his garage. Another one, he talked about doing stop motion animation for, I think he said it was like three weeks or something yeah. and nothing ever happened with it. It was like 12 hour days of stop motion, moving clay animation around and nothing happened with the video. Yeah. Um, there were one. There was a lot of music things that he did, where he basically went and um, did a lot of touring and did a lot of uh, concerts and stuff. And he said one of the concerts he actually did to an empty crowd. There was no one in the room except for the bartender. And, and then, then he half, left. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then halfway through the concert, the bartender left. Yeah. So he's literally doing a concert for no one. And he finished the set because he felt that he had to. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge failure. And it's like all these things that you see him failing at consistently. He labels them, talks about them, talks about the pain correlated with them and how emotional it was and how much it hurt and all that stuff. And then you, you want to continue some of the rest of the presentation. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, even just on, on what you were just yeah. saying there, we, would, we, would be, we wouldn't be doing justice to, uh, to mainstream media when we say um, that they don't highlight sick, um, failures because they do. Like mm. um, <clears throat> everyone he loves, like, you know, a, a failure to success rags to riches type mm-hmm. story. You know, they talk about, oh, this was hard and this blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, and, then he, and then he became a huge success. I think our issue, and I think Jack's issue with this, with this kind of, uh, with this narrative is that one, they glide over the, the, the failures very, very quickly. They're like, okay, he was broke or he was X, he was this, he was that. And then he just went bang and he, you know, and he, he became a success. Um, they, they glide over the successes. And then two, they, they also, I guess glide over the the stairs they had to climb to get to that success because they they portray the success as if it happened in a short frame of time you know overnight when I, when in actuality that's not the case and and the thing I think resonated a lot with me and and I think uh, yourself did and many other people who watch his talk is that he goes into great detail about the pain and the suffering um, and all of the intricacies of those failures and like what it was like to and he, he I mean he almost cried. Uh, he, he did. Uh, yeah, he cried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in midway through the talk, right when you talk about the credit yeah. card. Yeah. And so th- that's actually a good point you make there is that one thing I noted down on the things that I liked a lot about this talk was that he was authentic and he was genuine about mm. the hardships that he had, and he was so genuine and authentic about it that he actually um, almost relived them on stage, yeah. where he, where you said he cried, he got emotional, he could barely talk because he knew how painful it was in that moment in time and how he thought everything was lost. It's, it's that I miss about the failures that are in the news because people do actually, there's, I forgot what the word of it for it's called, but basically people are um, like leaning on failure as if it's like cool, Mm. like, Oh, he failed. That's cool. Like fail, like accept failure. Failure is great, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, like you said, they, they wash over it and they go straight to the success after the failure, mm. but they don't resonate on the pain and the suffering and the sorrow that comes with that. Yeah. And, and that's what I miss about the failures. Yeah. Because then you, you sometimes think to yourself, like, am I different? The, like, am I the I, only one? Yeah. yeah. Am I the only one that has this pain and has a sorrow? Why can't I just get to the success already? And he, he, and he ruminates and sits on it, yeah. which is, I think, I think it's super cool. It's powerful, man, because it's so rare. 
Um, and I think that's why it resonated so much with us. And and yeah, I just hope I just hope and wish that more people would do that because it would do themselves more justice and also do the people who listen to their stuff more justice as well because they they would actually resonate with their audience more and, and create more relatable stuff. Yeah. It, it was it was really good. Um, so I guess um, what how how should we do this? So we sh- I guess. Can should we continue talking a bit more about the talk? Um, I think we should jump into just like some of, some of the things that stood out to you, like the lessons learned, or the things that popped up in your head, and we can go through maybe three to five each. Okay, perfect. That sounds good. All right, cool. So I guess like we, you know, we spent some time. We kind of watched the talk many, many times. Uh, we we wrote a bunch of notes. Um, um, I'm looking at like a huge kind of document right here in front of me, <laughs> full of notes um, that I that I kind of pulled from the talk and that I thought uh, were quite interesting. Um, and so I, I guess yeah, we'll we'll kind of um, we'll kind of jump into that. So I guess I'll start I'll start off with this one. So as I was watching the talk, I realized. Um, I mean. What he said was all true. Uh, you know, we all go through many, many failures before we reach any kind of even glimmer of success in in any manifestation, right? Um, we can react to that situation in many different ways. And as as he was talking, I was like, my coping mechanism for this is uh, sweeping them under the rug. I have a huge fucking ego, and I I am so quick to just like sweep it under the rug and kind of like act as if it never happened and i do that a lot and i was kind of it was interesting because we'll get into this more and I'll, I'll i'll be very transparent in this podcast and i'll, I'll do my best to what, what i like to say is kill my ego so try to <laughs> let him in let open him in. up be vulnerable there we go um and 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 kind of be be transparent and, and tell everyone about like what what the failures were and how i learned from them but my initial reaction i noticed and i kind of like done this when I analyze some of my previous failures, I I just I sweep it on the right. It never happened, and I and I try to adjust the narrative. I think is the, is the right word uh, to frame it as if um, it, it was more positive or it, um, uh, it wasn't such a big face plant, right? And so that for me, I was like, as as he was talking, I was like, he's he's going into great detail about all of these failures that he's had in his life. As he's doing it, I'm like, holy shit! Like I. I'm the opposite. Like I'll, I'll like skirt over it and just like, oh, never happened. <laughs> but I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, so you think I, so? No. Really? And the reason, so I, there are certain aspects of it that could be bad depending on how you do it. But I think if if you see the failure, you acknowledge the lessons from it, and you take those and carry them forward to future events and activities in your life, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily get too attached to it emotionally and kind of get down on it mm. i don't think it's a bad thing at all and i mm. think we as humans are naturally when we when we retrospectively look at pat like on our past we always alter the memory into something that's more positive mm-hmm. or more negative depending on if it was traumatic or not yeah whatever lens you exactly use. and the yeah. thing is like with memory our memories are so faulty it's ridiculous most people don't accurately remember most things. Yeah, there's is, uh, there's a there's a Vox episode I watched on Explain where they're talking about 9/11 and how people when they they would reflect on 9/11 where they were, what they were doing, what they saw, all that stuff. I think it was like two thirds of the people basically inaccurately talked about what they were and what they were doing and the moment in time when and the things they saw. Wow. And the reason they knew they was inaccurate is because people said they saw smoke in the building or they saw smoke coming from blah, 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 and they all saw the stuff. And when you look back and actually see what happened and where the smoke was and all that stuff, it was nowhere near those people. They envisioned seeing it differently. Wow. 
So it, like our memory is completely faulty. Yeah. We're so bad at like estimating. Right. Different, yeah. But the sure. point I'm making here is that yeah. I, I think it's totally cool that you actually, you can, t- because if you get too stuck on something, then it actually hinders your future things. Uh, you know what I mean? I gotcha. And gotcha. Like, like for me sometimes, like if I, I sometimes get so deep in my head, if I mess up something or I have a bad, bad conversation with someone, it has a knock on domino effect on the rest of the things for that week, day or month. Right. Where it just like, it completely ruins the rest of the, the thing because I'm not in the right state of mind. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. No. And I, th- and I think it's totally human because, um, you, you're kind of, we, we tend to do that a lot. I was, um, this is unrelated, but I was um I was uh, reading a book called um Solve for Happy. You remember the happiness yeah. equation book we were talking about, um and and the author kind of talks about um pain, he talks about suffering, and he makes it differentiate. Uh, he he differentiates them right, and he defines pain as if like you know you you grab your finger and you you put it against fire and you feel pain instantly right that's that's good that we need that that that's how we survive right that's how you don't put your hand in the mouth of a tiger and get fucking chewed off right yeah it's it's important it's how we survive right it's it's necessary whereas suffering is um something that we do so imagine something happens to you right um and you experience a great deal of pain and you constantly replay that pain back in your head again and again you think about it a week after a month after a year after etc etc and you constantly go back to that pain um that is defined as suffering right it's got it's almost like your brain like an automatic replay button and you just replay that scenario again and again and again. And it's almost like you feel the same pain, if not more, constantly being replayed, right? Um, And he says pain is good and we should appreciate pain. We should eliminate suffering. Like we should eliminate the the ruminating of of certain scenarios again and again and again because it's destructive. So one's basically a short-term kind of one-off and then the other one's a long-term ongoing event. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... yeah it's it's not beneficial and it's and it's um again it's easier said than done of course (laughs) i mean everything we say on this podcast is easier said than done exactly but it's the importance of reminding each other of those things yeah and trying to incorporate some of them if not small pieces into your day precisely yeah and it's important because the more you talk about it the more it becomes ingrained the more it becomes ingrained the more you actually do it and then hey ho bingo (laughs) bingo (laughs) bingo bongo um okay cool so that was one of mine do you Hmm. want uh, want to share some of yours uh so one at the very top is i I highlighted it as project-oriented mindset interesting so i envy i envy him tremendously so in so many ways right um but one one specific way that i envy him is that he as a creative did so many things like he he had so many ideas he had so many side small projects he he did all this stuff without any external kind of stimulus. No one told him to do it. No one said they would pay him to do it. No one said that if you do this, it'll set you up for a better career trajectory for this. No one said like any, any of that. He's just like, I'm going to do it because I think it's cool. And I think it'd be cool to have this thing in the world. So I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. And that's so rare. To, mm. And and I'm so envious of that. So hard. You have no idea that just to just to do stuff because you think it's cool to see and to make and he was so decisive as well because you would see in these projects that he worked on, he had an idea about something and then he would start it the next day and he would do it and he would, he would execute it. Even if it wasn't the best thing that was executed and it failed, he still did it because he wanted to. Right. And that's something I envy because there's, I don't know what it is, but there's something in my head that prevents me from going off and just doing a bunch of different projects and doing things. 
I don't know if it's the trade-off between time and other things, prioritizing stuff, um, the psychology that underlies all of it, stating that if you go and do this, um, is it going to help you in the future with this? Like everything has to have an end. Like everything has to have an end, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not. I don't really do things just to do things. I do things because that thing will lead to another thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very logical, very rational thinking. Yeah. And I think, again, like you said with um, the thing that I mentioned, it's good. It's it, it's good to a certain extent because a lot of um, I'm sure he. I'm I'm sure there's a certain part of him. It it may be big or maybe small. That's looking at you, thinking, "Wow, I wish I was that um, thoughtful in the way that I spent my time, and I was that um, methodical about how." how I pursue certain projects because I guess my life would have been a lot easier and I would have had a lot less pain and st- and stress by just following my impulse. I You said a lot of very interesting things then. I want to challenge a few of those things. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on in my head right now, so go ahead. <laughs> Do your best. Okay. I, um, I, I'm just fascinated by a lot of different things. So, so let's start off with, um, you said he follows his own intuition and his own kind of his own way of doing things and he just he just gets up he thinks of something he thinks it's cool and he just does it right i don't know if i'm going to bring this up because it's i i swear this will cause another entire completely separate podcast not even a comment it's just an entire separate podcast because we are obsessed with this idea of self that like you make your own decisions and uh you are in control of your life and you influence things um but we forget that one what are you what how would you do the how would you define you oh my god that's i i know that's another entire conversation but we'll we'll park that for a side uh, for a second and two what is an original idea right like all of these different things like there um i was i was afraid to bring this up because i know this is going to uh, cause another conversation it is an incredibly fascinating topic and we're going to get into philosophy and all of this good stuff but my general question is i i question you to ask yourself are you seeing the full picture in more detail what do you mean okay so um you see this guy and uh he is uh i guess this is before patreon right so he he's kind of like he's he's a musician he's following his um his his creative his creative zest his creative flow right and he picks projects based on um based on whatever he feels like he would uh is interested in right um if you look at that objective, uh, if you look at that from the outside looking, and you think, okay, that guy is just following his own intuition, his own path, his own this, and he must be therefore fulfilled and 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 I guess successful, quote unquote. I want to challenge that in that I want to I want to ask you his own. I guess it's hard to do, like what I'm asking. I'm like arguing with myself as I'm speaking. I'm saying this because it's like it's quite it's quite a complicated thought, and I'm like trying to think it out as I say it. I guess, yeah, you can't really... You, the question I was going to ask is invalid because you, you wouldn't know this if you don't know him, right? Yeah. So I think I might park it. <laughs> <laughs> it's five minutes of the podcast of Abel arguing with himself. <laughs> I do this a lot. I do this a lot. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I kind of think I know where you're going with this. Basically, right. that is, is the person that he's shown you through this presentation the actual person that you think he is? And right. does it have all the benefits that come with what you think is there? Right. Kind of. Is right. it as great as you think? Is grass greener on the other side, basically? Right. right. Um, and I, I agree that... I, so I guess I'm not saying that I envy his quote-unquote success or I envy his fulfillment or I envy the meaning he gets from life or any of that stuff. Uh-huh. I envy the mindset that he has around projects and I envy the uh, the 
the approach he has around just doing stuff because he thinks it's interesting to do. Okay. That makes sense. Because there, there, because there are people in the world that are more creative than others, however you define creative. Right. But the, the definition I'm going to put on it now is are people that do projects, just uh-huh. like do projects because they think they're interesting. Right. So they do a sculpture or they uh, create a streaming for video games or they create a podcast or they create a blog or they make a music video. All the like they do these things because they just want to do them. Yeah. There's no kind of like a methodical plan that is right. is like, like they're not doing it. it for the careers, they're not doing it for money, they're not doing it for like a trajectory of the future, they're not doing it to like, you know, make connections, they're doing it because they want to do it. Right. There's no other external motivation to do it besides that. Right. And I envy that in him and I, I know there are small things that I do. I mean, obviously we're speaking and doing a podcast now that has no external motivation. Exactly. Um yeah. but I want more of that. And right. I want to incorporate more of that into my daily life. Right. Right. Okay. So there's again, there's a couple of interesting things you said there. Um, uh, the f- the first one that I guess jumps out at me is that um, you use a lot. You use the word envy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna ask is that is that a, would you use, is that a positive um, uh, is that a positive emotion to feel? I guess on, I guess it depends on how it I, how what it does to you. I mean, because for me, when I envy something. For me, it's it's good for me because I notice that it's something I want, uh-huh. and it gives me it like it's something I could put into kind of like my psychological pocketbook and say, okay, that's one thing that you would like to incorporate into your life. Uh, because okay. you see somebody and you're like, oh, that's interesting that they do that. I want to try that. Like, I want to do a little bit of that. Okay. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's not like, oh my God, I'm so jealous and I want to be just like you kind of thing. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, oh, that's interesting. That would probably be good if I did some of that. Ah, okay. Well, then I would probably categorize that as like admiration or inspiration. Okay. There you go. Understand. Words too I, big for me. <laughs> no, but I, because I, I, like when I hear the word envy, I, I don't know why, but I just automatically think negative. I think when I hear the word envy, I think um, the in person who say it is inadequate and the person who they're i guess jealous of is adequate and they they have something the person they're being jealous over has something that the individual who is jealous has uh is missing and i always i always thought that was quite negative mm. and so when it when you said that i was um it th- i thought but i guess it's it's not that it's yeah, admiration's feel, better exactly because yeah. you feel because it's you, in your scenario you feel whole and you just think oh i'm inspired or i admire his ability to be creative and try things and 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 do that and i want that more in my life i think that's totally fair and i think that's 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 good um another thing as well is um what you're doing is actually really good um and what he's doing is also really good but there's a balance between the two yeah because a lot of people are one way the other way or one way the other it's, it's like most balance, I think, everything honestly like is that what i want to question that is everything balanced Oh no! Not everything is balanced. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ideal. But the ideal, yeah. No, is, no. I'm saying, is, is that the balance. ideal though? Is the ideal balance? Yeah. It depends on the person. Yeah. It no, depends. I just think because a lot of because I I do agree with that sentiment, like that everything in balance is 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 how it should be. But I want to question: Is every single thing like in balance, or are there some things where it's good to be one thing more so than the other? I don't know. I mean, I think that's it's probably a podcast we could do. We could probably do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. Uh, for for everything I can think of, most things are better off with balance. Then yeah, so on uh, most things, so I think a fair statement is most things are yeah. yeah 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 yeah. I think I'm I'd be curious. I think I'd love to do like some sort of like jam session or thinking 
about that because I think I think it's an interesting idea. Like, is is everything? Because a lot of people throw it around. And I guess it is true for most things, mm-hmm. but I wonder: is there anything unique? Is it? Oh, we get a fucking. We're getting off the topic. We're getting off topic. Yeah, yeah. I just think it was interesting. But but. So what else do you got on here? Oh, I've got so much. Um, failure. Um, so I want to talk about this. So I I think he did a really good job of, I guess, defining what failure was, and it was very clear cut, right? But if I look back on my life, um, and I'm sure this is the case for most people as well, it's like, it's pretty hard to define what exactly a failure was. Like, certain scenarios, things happened. Like, um, uh, you know, say for example, you are in a job that you don't like and uh, things are ticking along, you're making good money, but you're not happy. Um, and then you leave that job. Was that a failure? I don't know. Yeah. Like, or... I guess some things are very clear cut. For example, um, I was talking to my friend about this this morning and he gave me a really good example. Like some things are objectively a failure. Say you step up and you have a dot in your hand and you're trying to hit bullseye and you, and you miss completely. That is a clear failure. Right. Um, But not everything is like that. So there's a lot of things that have happened in my life that are neither successes or failures. They're just like, yeah. And so when you're trying to apply a mindset of, I want to learn from failures. Mm -hmm. You first need to define what a failure is in order to learn from it. It has to be measurable. It has to be measurable. Exactly. And so as he was talking in the, in the, in the talk, I was like, and and obviously I paused the talk many, many times to kind of think back on my life. And I journaled a lot on this as well um, of all the things that have happened. And, and you know, a lot of the things that have happened, I'm like, is that a failure? Cause okay. You know, let's, let's jump into this. So, Actually, no, we'll wait for it because I, I was going to jump into the section where we talk about our failures. Yeah. But I guess we'll talk about it after. But there's, there's a failure. So I'll, I'll do a brief summary. So I used to want to be, uh, when I was a kid, I grew up, um, I wanted to become a professional athlete. Um, I was um, I was like, you know, running track and my uncle was a track runner as well. Um, he trained me. Um, I, I had a massive injury and that ended my career. Um, but then that ended my career and I was like hospitalized um for a long time and um i needed like to fill that time and so i ended up learning about tech and then that led me to um getting a career in tech and meeting some of my best friends and having an amazing fulfilling life and all of this good stuff so would i define that first part of my life where i didn't become a professional athlete as a fail i don't know and so i i don't i don't think i don't think it's seeing it as a failure i think it's in the moment at that time it felt like a failure uh-huh. And the emotions that come with that thing sometimes gives you an emotion of failure. Mm. But if you like, so looking retrospectively at it, there was there was a point that he made about um, I don't know if I have it on my notes here, but basically he talks about how life is like a roller coaster, and it's and it's and it seems drastic, and there seems like there's huge ups and huge downs, and everything is chaotic and it's all crazy. <laughs> but if you zoom out and look at it objectively at a larger scale. Oh, I there's love a that. smooth line across the across the chaos. So the chaos becomes more um, calm over I time. And I think when you look at your experience with the athletics um, in a retrospective manner um, over a long period of time, you've realized you've smoothed that experience out to realize that it's actually improved. You know, improved your life and in a way that you actually enjoy and is more meaningful. And I think looking at it now, you realize that it wasn't a failure. But in that moment in time, it felt like a failure beautifully put beautifully put i i love that i love that because because in actuality um when i look back on it i think actually being an athlete would be a terrible career because you're relying on your 
your uh, your body and your body is not going to last forever. Right. Um, your training, I would, like I, oh my God, you, you were both athletes. You yeah, yeah, played yeah. the football as well. So you know what yeah. I'm talking about. You are training at ridiculous and you sacrifice so much. It's just, and I, I prefer my life a lot more now. Um, and so, oh man, that was amazing. I love how you put that because you're so right about the curve. And mm. on the whole, you need to zoom out a little bit and see the trajectory. And if it's going up, then things are good. But it's never easy to zoom out when you're in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's only easy to zoom in, zoom out when you're looking back at it. Exactly. Yeah. Because, oh. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So I So I was actually struggling to find, to, to remember failures of mine. Uh-huh. That if that were relevant for this. Uh-huh. But actually through this conversation, I just remembered one for athletics. Awesome. So my sophomore year of college, I actually called my mom crying. Oh, wow. During summer camp for football because I didn't want to be there anymore. Oh, shit. I was so upset with how things were going, how I felt, how I didn't have any friends, how I like hated being away from Florida and all this stuff. And I felt like I failed. Like I genuinely failed. I thought that I was done, that this was no good and I needed to like pack up and leave. At that moment in time, I felt like absolute shit. I, it was like, I, oh man, it was so bad. Really? Yeah. But now looking back at it, that was like a turning point in my career with athletics and professional. So like after that, I started making more friends. I started playing like I started like actually getting involved, getting more involved with um, playing on the field and like getting more status and, and seeing being more seen as a good athlete and stuff. But that that like that was that was a huge dip in that moment in time. But when I look back at it, it was not really that big of a deal. And it w- it actually set me up for realizing that athletics isn't everything and more important things come from life and more in, like in, like intellect intellectual conversations having good friends you know becoming a better person through reading a lot of books and all this stuff but in the moment in time i thought athletics was everything and i was <laughs> like if i don't if i don't succeed at this i failed yeah same like, here. I, yeah. I would be like I, you directly identify with it like this is me and i am this yeah and there's no other thing without me not being this yeah and that's the same with us now, today as well. Like we, like we think we think that us looking at our old selves is this, but it's not the case. Yeah, I'm sure there are things today. It, there is a blatant thing in my head right now. I'm thinking of <laughs> the company I work with. Well, not name but the company I work with. I've I've identified with this type of job. I've mm. I, I've identified with being a quote unquote successful corporate employee, and I've worked my way up the ladder, and that's the only thing I can ever be. Because if I disassociate from this, I failed. What am I? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like I you I you I'm living it now, and (laughs) and and it sucks. Of course. But like yeah. But the thing is though, it's human. I literally had this funny. I had the same conversation with Alex this morning. Yeah. Um, about this and how we like to attach our identities to certain things. Um, and I think it's okay. It's okay to attach yourself to things but those things must be internal it's only like it's the negativity comes when you attach yourself to external things because you have no well relatively low control over the things that are are external in fact you pretty much have close to zero yep um and so when you when you start to define yourself based on the things that inside um all the external stuff tends to be add-ons right and so I'm saying this, but I'm not following this advice. <laughs> Neither of us are. I, as like, I, as a technologist, like we are both like we love technology. We associate ourselves, our personality, like we we're, we're like tech nerds. We love technology. Yeah. Um, I 
I'm a physically fit person and so are you like I associate myself as someone who's physically fit and I'd like that's part of my identity you take that away then like, you're taking away a part of me you take away the tech you take away a part of me um all of this stuff and it's just a bunch of these different things um again it's not it's not entirely negative but no, it's, it's also not, not entirely positive no, it, that, again, that, was, that was the point I was going to make is that it's yeah. a tool yeah self-identification is a tool you can identify with things to you know progress yourself in life and you can identify with things that degress you in life yeah you know that decelerate your progress exactly and it's just it's just a matter of knowing that this is a tool and being aware that this identification with this thing can either improve or you know decrease your value exactly and you can also change your identity you're not stuck to one person yeah. one type like one individual with one identity and all those kind of modules that comprise you are like they're not stagnant like you can move them around you can yeah. put them yeah it's super hard though yeah i know super everything we say hard. in this bloody podcast is easier said than done yeah so <laughs> don't don't like if you're listening to this and thinking damn these guys got it figured out no we fucking don't no <laughs> we're just not saying even close not even not even like remotely close we're just saying this shit to remind ourselves and also hopefully yeah. other people as well um so that you can kind of like um uh Hopefully take a nugget of something from this and use it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. So what else you got? Uh, yeah, so I guess um, a lot of this was talking about like how um, we tend to compare ourselves. I think um, I was going to get into a bit about, you know, how we compare other people's highlight reels, their best bits neatly packaged into like simple digestible narratives against our behind the scenes and how that's not a fair comparison. And comparison is the thief of joy and all of this stuff. But I think I think our audience knows that. We know that. Um, again, this stuff is stuff that we know conceptually, but it's hard to um, remember and act, like actually live. It know? is. And I think to that point you've made there is like one, like small steps that people can take in their lives to compare less mm. is to consume less. Yes. Oh, that and, is. And it's like yeah. a direct correlation where if you if you consume less social media, like if you're not on Instagram, you're not on all these different platforms that show people packaging up their lives into great things, mm-hmm. then you you start to compare less because you have nothing to compare to. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's like one small step that people can take that's to powerful and that's immediate. That. that is immediate, yeah. And that, um, yeah, I think that's, that's a no-brainer. I think um, it's funny because uh, I speak to a lot of people and, and they're, they're like really, really into Instagram and they're like, and I say, and we have many, many conversations and we're saying, oh, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who package narratives here and this is like, this is the best bits and all highlight reels and all that stuff. And people get that. And and I've, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, oh, I I know that and like, I, I still enjoy it, but like, I, I know that everything is fake and like, I can, I can separate the two, but in actuality, like your brain, you may know that conceptually um, uh, using your, your conscious kind of, uh, um, I guess left brain. Uh, I think left brain is that the methodical, rational, the rational side? one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then with your kind of uh, with your other other side, uh, I think it's I think it's right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, there's there's a rational part, and then there's an irrational part. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that I don't think they're um they're sides. Uh, I guess I guess if the left side is more logical, I'm not sure. The right, uh, sorry, yeah, the left side is is logical and rational, m- mathematical, mm-hmm. and the and the right side is um uh, more creative and and like juices flow in type 
<laughs> vibes, vibrations, <laughs> brain juices all over the place. Creativity, yeah, Your brain exactly. Brain juices are flowing. Yeah, and that's that's one way to look at it. But then you also have the primal brain, and you have the, the amygdala. The amygdala, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The amygdala is the primal brain, right? Yeah, the emotional. The emotional, yeah, yeah. And then you have, and then you have the logical thinking brain, yep. which which is like kind of making decisions, walking, like um, your thinking, the thinking brain, yep. the thinking brain, and and the irrational brain. Uh, sorry, the the uh, primal brain, and um. My point is that um, you may conceptually in the thinking part of your brain know that everything you're looking at is fake and consuming it. But the subconscious part of it, you know, the, the, the part that you have no control over, the primal sense, uh, the primal bit is like constantly comparing. It's like it's on autopilot and you can't, you can't turn that off. And so your, ex- your kind of, um, your advice that you just give, gave is phenomenal because um, if you know that your brain can't, can't help but compare then you just have to get rid of the stimuli it's yeah. just there's no other way so the, the way i chalk everything you've just set up is mm. is like one simple thing is basically there's a difference between um knowing something intellectually mm. so you can like know it mm. i i know that social media is bad for me if i consume it constantly and it hurts my psychology mm. and then there's a separation of that is actually understanding something so you can know and understand understand is when you internalize it and you actually incorporate it into your behaviors Mm. because like you stated we know something is bad for us but what do we actually do Mm. it's like smoking like i know so many smokers yeah i know so many smokers who are like i know this is bad for me but just one more it's 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 like smoking it's unhealthy eating it's um binge watching netflix Mm. it's avoiding the things that you need to do that are actually going to progress you in the long-term goals that you want to achieve. It's all these things that kind of accumulate to what do you know and what are you doing? Mm. Yeah. And there's some like for most, for the most part, there's quite a big gap between the two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot in honor of our friend, Jack. uh, Let's start talking about the duds. The interesting bit. This is the bit that I, um, off, off, off. Mike was talking to Dylan about that. We I do, but before we get into that, there's actually yes. one more thing I want to point oh, out. Oh yes, sorry, I, yeah, go so ahead. So like, go I ahead. want to do one more, and then we can do the the mess ups. Okay, let's do it. So <laughs> the actually two quick ones. So okay, the perfect. Let's do one it. One is that in his presentation, uh-huh. there was a point that he talked about where he failed a whole bunch. He succeeded a little bit with his wife on the band. So the band, they succeeded. They started Populous, getting more right? listeners. They had an audience. They were getting. Um, you know, money and stuff from the music that they were making. Yeah. And then the things he started doing after that, he, he just assumed that he would continue to succeed because like once you get success, success comes, success, and it's just like a snowball effect, right? Where he, he like started failing more. Like he started <laughs> consistently failing after he succeeded. And he got concerned where he basically stated, fuck, I peaked. <laughs> and like, and that's, and like thinking about that, like that's so much worse then not peaking because before before you actually peak you think to yourself oh at least i have my future ahead of me you know like at least i at least i'll be great <laughs> There's in the something future to look forward to, yeah. exactly but if you like you did something great and then you just keep failing you're like shit like was that like was that the climax this is it this is it i'm done exactly <laughs> so i thought i thought that was such a great point that he made because so, so many funny. people look at that like you said the, yeah. the escalation of success yeah and then it continues yeah but they don't like the story usually stops at the top yeah <laughs> and then once the story tops like the stops at the top you don't see the rest of the fuck ups on the way down the decline yeah so he, that was i thought it was beautiful um that's so funny <laughs> and then there was another piece where he talked about the importance of um welcoming your failures and not kind of looking like kind of like just like just kind of getting away from them 
and I need that. <laughs> there was well, so there was actually a podcast that I listened to with Tim Ferriss, and I referred back to this because I wanted to reference it here, which is episode three three sixty two mm. um, with Graham Duncan. And inside of that podcast, he talks about not only accepting your failures, but accepting your negative emotions. Mm. And he had a phrase that he uses when something happens, like when he gets angry or upset or something goes bad, like wrong or whatever. He says, welcome to the party. <laughs> and he basically welcomes all of his failures and all of his fuck ups into like the club. It's mm-hmm. like he's like a little mental club in his brain. And he's like, welcome to the party. And it's like if you're in a situation with someone and you're having a conversation, and you get upset or angry and you and you feel this anger and you realize that it's happening. You kind of acknowledge it and you name it and you name it and you see it and you say, welcome to the party, angry emotion. <laughs> and you just let it in. And yeah. why, by, by doing that, you actually kind of desensitize and de kind of arm that emotion from actually taking over your mental well-being. Interesting. Because you named it, you saw it and you said, welcome to the party. I see you. I'm acknowledging you. I'm not trying to ignore you. I'm not trying to push back on you, but I'm saying, come, welcome. And then by doing that, it, it becomes less powerful. Dang. And it's a, it's a super cool concept. That's interesting. And a lot of, uh, like, as you were speaking, a lot of things just popped up out, out of that. Like, the fact that, again, this is, I'm guilty of this, um, is to kind of sweep it under the rug. Um, that, that kind of, whether it be a failure or a negative emotion or whatever, um, that is actually doing more harm than good because eventually it bubbles up and then it explodes, right? Um, whereas here he's acknowledging it um, and you're kind of taking the power away from it when you acknowledge it. You're, you're, most people get consumed. If you're like, again, like you said, if you're negative emotion, if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're whatever the case may be, you're just consumed by it. When you, when you name it and you acknowledge it, look, okay, I'm angry. Uh, this is anger. Emotion number nine hundred and twenty-one. <laughs> welcome to the club. Yeah, I mean, I, he's probably not. It's probably not like that. But whatever he does, when he says "Welcome to the club," etc., cetera, etc., cetera, yeah, you acknowledge it and you say, "Okay, you're not the only one, mate. Like this has happened before. I'm gonna get over this. Come on, come on in. Join us on the sofa." <laughs> exactly. It, it's and this like gets back to me beating the drum that I always beat is meditation. Mm. Is by you are not your thoughts. Mm. Oh you know? my god! That's don't so let your good. thoughts be like you don't be identified with your thoughts. They're just thoughts. Yeah. So good, so yeah. good. It's again easier said than done. Exactly. That should be the name of the new name of the podcast. Easier said than done. We're just gonna say a bunch of shit that's easier said than done. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, um, let's go. So now that I've got those out of the way, yeah. But also, as you were saying them, a few things popped up. So yeah. It just okay. I no, I will okay. One one big one, and then we'll go into failures. As he was saying this, um, and as he was speaking, and a bunch of life events that have happened, um for me in the past couple of weeks and months has kind of um given me this new jolt of inspiration and kind of like appreciation uh for like this uh this kind of mantra which i've been trying to kind of keep very close which is um creating amazing things no matter what those amazing things are um and having other people consume those things and appreciate those things that you create is quite possibly you know one of the greatest feelings in the human experience right and just getting like watching him watching him create and some of those things some of those things being received and being appreciated and some of the things not being appreciated made me realize no matter what um no matter what you create or how much of it you create um just fall in love with the process and and some eventually something will hit and when it does hit it will be a great feeling so yeah that for me is was really powerful and i'm trying to keep this mantra close in terms of just keep creating create more than you consume um just fall in love with the process um 
and then eventually something will hit because you'll just learn of course if you have a good process of learning um uh based on those things that you put out and then eventually something will hit and and when it does hit again it will be the best feeling ever because the the most extreme example of this and you might be thinking this is a weird example why would you bring this up is two parents make a kid and that kid grows up to be a great human being isn't that the best experience like isn't that the greatest thing ever um and then the another example of that again maybe not as as powerful is like building a product and having people out there use that product and it will changes it changes the way they they go about their daily lives perhaps they're they're fitter they're healthier um you know uh they're they're smarter they're this they're that like whatever the case may be. even if stuff like this like podcasts like we make this podcast people enjoy this and they one get entertainment and they learn a few things like that's powerful man that's that's amazing that's cool and so we should enjoy the process of creating things like this the podcast the also creating human beings as well that's a fun process <laughs> <laughs> sorry i such a childish not joke. together <laughs> not together <laughs> um but just fall in love with the process you know because it's great when uh it's great when things actually hit and people it resonates with people so i have a question about that because that's something that i want to do more of mm-hmm. uh, when you how do you remind yourself of this when things aren't going so well or you feel like you don't have any ideas to make things or you don't prioritize the time to do so or like how do you how do you remind yourself when you're at the down remind myself of what of of the the process like levering the process Uh and creating over creating more easier said than done (laughs) but in in all seriousness yeah like it is easier said than done but um i think also defining what I mean when I say creating things, it doesn't always have to be some extraordinary thing like another human being or product. It's small little projects. It could be small, yeah. It be it could be I don't know, like you know what? And this is the smallest thing, and you can even boil it down to this: is like if you like a journal. So like for example, like um uh like I'll try. I, I'm trying to get into a habit of journaling, right? Um, I'll if I like journal and I write a page, I've created a page something that didn't exist yesterday now exists like and that is such a low barrier for creation but it's still something and um it's just for me like lowering the barrier of what creation is and and kind of falling in love with the process of it and and it's like anything it's like fitness like when like most people struggle to hit the gym or work out right but if you make it a thing to kind of go out and you and you just get in 10 minutes of running that's still exercise right that may not be a marathon but it's something um, and then eventually you fall in love with the process and then you're 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 lifting huge weights and you're and you're running and you're boxing and you're swimming and you're blah, 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 and you're doing all this great stuff right it's about lowering the barriers so that it's like anything is uh, like a journal may not be an example any, anyone can relate to you know the journal example but i'm sure there's other things in your life where it's so small but that thing didn't exist yesterday even if it's a fucking it's a word document for for work you created this or you created this powerpoint presentation that didn't exist yesterday you've compiled knowledge and you've compressed it and put it down in a digestible format into a presentation and you've created that thing and you go and present it and people learn stuff and they're educated and uh, they're educated and they're entertained because you've presented this amazing uh, presentation that's creation and that should be celebrated that's an interesting point so it's not just creating more but it's being more aware of the things that you create today already Mm-hmm. yeah because there's a lot dudes there is so and i know for a fact there's a million things in your life there's a million things in my life there's a million things in many other people but yeah. we just don't identify we think we put such a high uh barrier or like a very strict definition on what it means to create 
And we should loosen that up and lower the barrier and fall in love with the process. And then eventually we'll get to that amazing peak that we want to get to. That's a beautiful point. Thank you. I really like that. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. It's because it's, it's I, I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because we're on the same path, man. We're trying to like this podcast, this uh, w- like software engineering products, creating products, like doing cool stuff. I've been thinking a lot about this and um, I think it's powerful. And I say that again, I say this and it's easy to fucking say it than actually do it. Um, and it's good, but it's good that we're reminding ourselves of this. And this podcast is, I guess, beneficial for us because we get to talk about it and hopefully yeah. beneficial for people who listen to it. You know, hopefully this reminds you of these important concepts to never let go of, you know, maybe I want to, I'm going to get tattooed on my forehead. Should do it. <laughs> get a tattoo on your forehead. Exactly. <laughs> so what are, what are some of the failures? Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess I've got two big ones. I've got a million in my life, but I'll just talk about two big ones here. Um, so I, I brought up earlier in the podcast about um, my big first life dud, uh, which is failing to be a professional athlete. Um, so I give you a bit of background story on, on how it went down. Um, so my first dream, my first kind of, my first passion, my first love was running. Um, I come from a family of runners. Uh, I'm Ethiopian, if you guys didn't know. Um, it's in our blood. <laughs> you can you can tell he's Ethiopian by the sound of his voice. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very skinny, very light, um, and as Ethiopians, that's what we are, and we run a lot. So, um, I've kind of the life chose me. I didn't choose it. Kind of situation. <laughs> um, uh, so my my uncle, um, for those who don't know, um, is a huge runner. Um, he um, he ran in the 2004 Athens Olympics um, and came third in uh in the 1500 race um and he he trained me as a kid um to to become a runner and um when you're a kid and you look up to your uncle um and your uncle is like this awesome runner you want to be like him like that was my dream i was like i'm gonna latch onto that that's it i'm a runner like my uncle was a runner i'm gonna be a runner and so i trained i trained a lot like i didn't care about much things outside of running um, I used to, um, I used to, I hope my mom wasn't listening. I used to skip school sometimes, <laughs> um, to, uh, to like do drills, perfect my form, uh, do a lot of training sessions. Cause like, I really like, I, and I wasn't, when I wasn't running, I was watching tape. I was watching tape. Like I just, I, I ate amazing, good food. Like my mom was great. She used to cook really good food, all healthy. Um, like I just, everything, everything about my life was running. Like I was a runner. That was it. Again, the whole thing about identity, that was me. I'm a runner. That's it. Um, and so I trained a bunch. Um, and I uh, my goal was to basically compete in the Rio 2016 Olympics, uh, 800, 1500 meters. Um, and uh, I I was okay. I was pretty good. I trained a lot and I qualified, uh, I qualified for nationals. Um, so I was running nationally um, and I was semi-pro. Uh, and so it was kind of a career. I was like, I was like 15, 16 and I was like earning in some cases, like more than my mom would make in like a month in like a week. Uh, and that was like crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was part of the reason why I wanted to kind of get really good at this. Cause I knew, I knew that like professional athletes make a lot of money and I wanted to make sure my parents are cushy and like my whole family and you know, the whole, the whole thing. Um, and so, um, there was not only the, the weight and pressure from, uh, trying to make my uncle proud and my whole family proud. 
uh, but also like that financial thing was like okay this kid could be the golden ticket this could be he could be the one you know he could he could help us you know make our situation better um so there's a bunch of pressure uh on the situation um and and so I, I i trained that's why i was so like i've never even to this uh, yeah even to this day i think i can safely say that like i've there's never been something where i've been that obsessed yeah very that was my life i didn't do anything but that i like had friends and i had a social life but everything else came secondary i'm talking everything to to that long story short I trained really well. I, I done really well, um, and I was qualifying. I qualified for nationals, um, and I was I was competing to get onto um, uh, the GB Olympics team. Um, and I had a race, uh, and I had to hit a certain time on the eight hundred. And um, I trained, yeah, my entire life for this because this is the this is the step you take before you go to the Olympics. You need to get onto the GB team. GB is Great Britain, if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you should clarify what that means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Athlete, athletic lingo. Um, yeah, uh, to get onto the Great Britain team so that you can represent your country um, internationally on the on the global stage. And um, so I was, I was training. I went to that race, 800 meters, uh, uh, 800 meters. And um, I, uh, PB stands for personal best, by the way. Um, I was running for my PB and... First 400 meters, so 800 meters, if you don't know, is two laps. Uh, every every lap of a, of a track is 400 meters, so therefore two laps is 800 meters. So I was running the 800 meters uh, race. First 400 meters, the first lap. Christy, I've done this a million times. I stayed with the pack. Um, I kept it. I kept it consistent. So without getting into too much detail, you have to, um, you have to pace yourself on the first lap. Uh, so that you don't blow out all the gas for the second lap. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. It's common sense, right? Yeah. Um, first lap is good. Uh, we're coming into the f- uh, the first uh, the first two hundred of the of the um, of the second lap, right? So this is this is where we start kicking the gear up, and then and then you know uh, there's certain packs, right? We're all one big group, um, uh, and the 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 group starts to separate a little bit right so there's like small subgroups within the big group exactly yeah yeah, yeah. we start separating see people start picking up the pace and this is where the where, where the you know the rubber hits the road this is where you you give it all right so we start picking up the pace um on the first 200 um i'm with i'm with i'm with like the pack you know there's two packs there's the beginning middle and end it's not as clear as this but you can just for simplicity's sake imagine there's people running at the back running in the middle and running towards the beginning uh, at the front so I'm 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 running with the first pack. We're kind of separating, and then our pack gets split into two. Uh, we start separating more, uh, and then and then we come into we come into the last uh, the last two hundred. Uh, so the sorry the yeah the last two hundred. Uh, uh, we start picking up around the bend, and then we come to the the straight the home straight the final. This is where uh, this is where you give it your all and you run. This is where you switch off the brain and you just. This is where this is where you win the race. Um, and in that, like, um, all the training you do, you do, like uh, up until this point is, is what kicks in now. Like, you're not thinking, you're not, you're not like, um, you're not thinking, okay, one, like make sure my form is right. Yeah. Am I breathing? So, so basically everything before this is all technical. It's all kind of like trained yeah. stuff, but yeah. this last piece is basically all energy, emotion, everything you have, just go as fast as you can with no worry about the technique or any of that, just like burst out. Yeah, because yeah. You, you drill this into your body. You're training for like 
for months, 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 years, years, years. And so your body knows the the patterns it needs to get into to yeah. push you forward, right? So at this point, you switch off la- like dead, like you need to look the finish line dead in the eyes and, and you're just gunning for it. So so we start gunning um, and then, and then you know, I'm like me and this guy start edging over. We start edging around the 50, the, the last 50 meters, right? So we're edging, we're edging, we're edging. We're about neck and neck. He's beating me. And I'm like, oh, fuck I, I can't I can't let this guy be and I was like oh mate I would the the um I can't even describe the emotions that I was going through right then I was like no I am not I have to qualify I have to qualify and it was and and so I start I start pushing I start pushing and this is it I'm like a hundred now and then I start I start catching up and we're neck and neck and neck and neck and neck go 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 and I start edging up I start edging up I start edging up and I swear to you that the, the finish line was 15 meters 20 maybe and I heard this loud bang. And I dropped and I never felt pain like that in my entire life. And I was, I was like, I I wasn't even crying, screaming. I was silent. I it just hurt so bad. Like it was unreal. Um to this day, yeah, I've never felt pain like that ever in my life. What was the pop? My my Achilles tendon ripped. In Which, full sprint. A full sprint. Damn. It's like a gunshot. So if you've ever heard it, if you yeah. were, I wouldn't recommend it, but if you're really curious, you should YouTube it. Um, it sounds like a gunshot. It's like, it, yeah. The yeah. Achilles tendon is, so for those of you who don't know, the Achilles tendon is the um, the ligament. I think it's the ligament? Uh, whatever, it's the thing. It's, oh, the, it's tendon. the back Sorry. where the ankle is. Yeah, yeah, so the tendon. Yeah, the tendon that basically connects from the bottom of your foot yeah. um, all the way back up to your gluteus maximus, your butt, your ass. <laughs> um, and it's the, and it's the, and it's the one, it's, 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 it's designed for running. It's that it's that thing that humans um, have developed over time with evolution to help us propel us forward to walk, to run. Um, that's what we use, right? And when you when you overextend it and when you overuse it, like it will rip, and yeah. it ripped, it ripped on me. It and popped. so when it snapped, that was the moment. That was kind of your failure for the athletics piece. And if for those of you who don't know, it is a career-ending failure. Like it is, you I, the doctor said you will never run again, and yeah, it just. I, you just won't run again. Like, and as, even even if you will run again, you'll never run to the level that you used to run because it is it is permanent damage. Yeah, like, I will, I will, I will. Yeah, I will have this forever. So, anyways, I so I I go down. I'm like, I'm still in shock. I'm like, what just happened? I because I I I'm just I'm there. I'm like almost like blacked out, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I yeah. Anyways, um, it hurts a lot. I go into rehab, um, and uh. Then when I'm in rehab, is it kicks in. I'm like, my life is over. I'm done. Like my career is done. I'm finished. I I thought I was gonna be a professional athlete, and I'm not. And I let down my family. <sighs> Fucking hell. Uh, I let down my family. Um, I you know I let down my uncle. What am I gonna do in my life? Like, that's it. Like the one thing that I thought I was gonna because I. Again, it's the identity thing. I I tied up my identity with that. I was like, yeah, that was gonna be me. I was gonna be a runner, and I and I'm not. What am I? Um, and I was depressed, man. I fell into depression. I've never, I've never, uh, uh, like I depression is a heavy word, and I don't use it lightly. Uh, I don't know if I don't. 
I think depression is too harsh of a word because I think depression is like, you know. It's more chemical. It's more chemical, yeah. I just, I was very sad. You're in a huge bout of sorrow. Huge bout of sorrow, yeah. I think that's more because I don't want to yeah. take away from what people experience. Depression yeah. is real, you know. And, and for some people, it's chemical and it's deep. And it's like, if you tell someone just get over it, it's just so not going to help. Um, and so I don't want to take away from that. I think I, I was just facing, because up until that point, I've, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm chemically imbalanced. I think I'm, I'm okay. Uh, but I just this huge letdown was was kicked off this kind of bout of sorrow. Yeah, yeah. And so I was in, I was in rehab. Things kind of oh yeah, things kind of settled in. Um, uh, and then I kind of like s- slowly started to kind of pick myself back up. Um, and then, and then I fell in love with like lo- no sorry I so th- you fell th- in love with me. <laughs> you just pointed at me and said you fell in love. <laughs> So I fell in love with Dylan and I was like, everything is solved. <laughs> You're welcome. I did fall in love with you, but not, not then. Okay. <laughs> Be patient. <laughs> so no, I, 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 so I binge watched a bunch of YouTube videos to kind of like, um, are you obviously bedridden for a long time? So I was watching a lot of YouTube videos and then I started learning more about YouTube, the platform itself. Um, and I started getting curious. I started getting curious about technology, YouTube. And I was like curious about like the algorithm, how it worked, how it served videos to users. Cause at that point they were doing crazy amount of videos being uploaded to YouTube, how they categorize them. And I started getting interesting about the platform. Then I started getting interesting about tech, um, started reading a bunch of articles and then that slowly long story short led me to, um, getting a career in tech. So, and, and obviously, as I mentioned, I'm in a amazing place right now. Like I've got a great, um, like I've got a great career. I've met amazing people like Dylan uh, through meetups and and like you know I've I have lifelong friends. Um, I my life is so much better, um, and I much prefer being um, being like a, a technologist versus an athlete for the me- reasons I mentioned, where it's like you're more in control, less reliance on the body, and all of this stuff, less pressure, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and so I'm in a much much better place. But um, that was the first life dud. Uh, that I had uh, and so yeah it was a very powerful situation but it led me to where I am now so I'm nothing but grateful so what's the what's the moral of the story what's the life lesson that someone that's listening to this can take away from that life dad uh, there were so many because it was such a big long uh, story um, that's a good question um, there's a lot I mean I guess the first one is obviously don't tie yourself up to something and don't let external things um uh, dictate your life so much and don't put all your eggs in one basket I mean there's just so much I could say there. I think it's important though the first one you mentioned the first one that came to mind I think is the one important for listeners to I, to, to think about mm-hmm. is that don't never become too too identified with something to where it actually alters your inner psychology mm-hmm. because there are certain things you can be identified with like we stated but mm-hmm. i think that might be the moral of this entire podcast the, the thing the thread that that strings all this together mm-hmm. is that it's important to create it's important to make it's important to do and do things and and to identify with things mm-hmm. but not to let your identity become something that it's not because you are you mm-hmm. and you are obviously made up of these things that you've identified with but it, it's Never to go too deep into one. Mm. You know, you you you'll get swallowed, you'll right? Get consumed, and I did. I did. I got consumed, but then I think um, that's it, that's an interesting point because I guess it's positive because I've never been like 
that was the one time where I got uber obsessed to the point where to the detriment of other parts of my life. And I think I've learned now that there's a balance. And so I'm much better at balance right now. So again, there's, I think there's, all in all is a great positive experience because it led me to um, learn so many things that I shouldn't do. Um, and, and that's had an impact on my life right now. So I, I do feel like I am um, like I, I am a lot more in balance. I have a lot more balance. Um, I appreciate the work that I do, the people I, meet, I, I interact with. I'm just in a much better place um, because of the situation. I would have been in a different place had I not had that situation. And perhaps that different place isn't as good as what it is right now. So I'm glad it happened. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long life dud for me, man. <laughs> it was. But uh, yeah, shoot. What was what was your one? Uh, I have many, but <laughs> we are running out of time. Because <laughs> these poor listeners have been listening to us for an hour and 10 minutes. Wow, it's been that long. Yes. So Dang. I think we should we should wrap it up. We should. We should. Wow. I time flies, man. It does. That's crazy. <laughs> um for me, I guess the big thing from this podcast and what I want the listeners to kind of walk away with from so definitely go t- listen to the talk. Uh-huh. Jack Conti, um nothing works, how to deal with the ever ending shit barrage that is the human experience. Um for me, the biggest takeaway from this talk and the biggest takeaway from this conversation with you is that, so the, the, the beautiful point that you made around identifying the things you create and realizing and, and, and identifying yourself with being a creator. Mm. So we've talked about the negatives of identification, but I think the positives are just as important. hundred percent. So I think for me, it's uh, self-identification with things. Mm-hmm. So being able to disassociate myself from certain things and to associate myself with others. And I think for me, that's being more of a creator and making more things and doing more projects. And then the disassociation is separating myself from the stability and the quote unquote comfort that comes with being associated with a corporate. Mm -hmm. And I think being okay with the insecurity and risk that comes with not being around that um, mentally for me, I think that's going to help with a lot with my creation of creating. So I think that's the big takeaway for me. That's interesting. Um, with the last point about um, your wantingness for stability, I wonder, um, is it more risky to go down like the more entrepreneurial path and to change a lot and to move around a lot um, uh, than the than the kind of corporate life? Because I, I don't think it is, honestly. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. So There's less risk than yeah, people think. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, like, uh, rationally, I know it's not. Mm. Like this is the thing thing we talked about by understanding and knowing. Yeah. Intellectually, yeah. I know that it's not riskier. Right. Um. But it's it's the only thing I've ever known. Mm. So it's hard to separate. Right. Yourself. Yeah. So it's, the it's identity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I I need to I need to work on uh de-identifying with it and being able to identify with other things. Right. You know, with just getting used to other things. I internal guess. things, man. Right. Exactly. Internal. Yeah. It's all internal. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I think if you if you take if you detach yourself from the the guy who's successful in corporate life yeah. and then you attach it to something else. You're just going to get the same thing 10 years or five, or however long down the right. line, right? So it's got to be, it's got to be internal. Yeah. And it's a practice of identifying and de-identifying over a lifetime. Oh, oh mate. So it's like going through the process of, of, of attachment, de-attachment, attachment, de-attachment, attachment, de-attachment. Just keep doing that over and over and over and over yeah. and being, and being getting better at it and being aware that it's happening. hundred percent. It's, it's, that is coupled up with the other life journey, which is know thyself, right? Learning about what, what makes you tick and, and what makes uh, what how what is a good life for you and how how you want to shape that it's just all of these things are just a long life journey right and you you may never get to the end point but like it's about the journey right yep yeah i like that i like that 
So, so are we doing takeaways now? So I guess that was a, that was a couple. So do you want to continue with the takeaways? No, so I'm I'm done. So you can wrap yeah. it up. Okay. What's your takeaway, and then shut it out. <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, so I guess um, I just want to kind of like say a few quotes from um from the video that mm-hmm. I really appreciated. Um, so uh, Jack goes on to say, "No one wants a bumpy flight, but life is turbulence, and grit is the ability to smooth out the emotional curve. Grit." is the ability to self-apply suspension to a bumpy off-road, to the bumpy off-road adventures that make up our day-to-day lives. Um, I think that's a really good kind of like uh, summarization of of our chat here. How this idea of grit is, uh, and, and loving the process is, is the most powerful thing you can, you can, uh, you can attach yourself to and, and kind of, understand and live and live by um so that was one thing that i learned from the podcast and uh from the from the video and also from this podcast here um that i really appreciate and then the final thing is um uh having a grit or being a stoic uh doesn't mean that you don't feel the highs of life um you know it just means that when you are experiencing uh, bumps in the road um you have the ability to step back zoom out I realize on the whole, everything is just fine. And this is just a small bump. Um, one issue I've had with stoicism, um, the idea of stoicism, um, is that um, it can, if again, it, again if, if done in a certain way, it can lead to a very bland life. Because what is stoicism? Stoicism is the ability to, to look out, uh, to, no, to only concern yourself with things that you control um, and to, um, and to neither experience the highs of the highs or the lows of the low to, to be relatively, um, emotionally stable. And I always felt that, yes, that is a great way. It's a great defense mechanism against the lowest of lows, but it is also, um, it inhibits you from experiencing the highs of the highs. And, um, what he goes on to say in this talk, Jack, and he said, he says, you know, having grit or being a stoic doesn't mean that you don't feel the highs of life. It's, you can still experience the greatness that is life and the, the, the amazing, the amazingness of this world and the, the highs of, you know, the highs of highs experiences, but stoicism and grit are things that you go to whenever you experience, uh, the bumpy road, right? And it's just, you can use it as a downside protection, but then you can also let it, let the idea go and, and and just experience the highs of the highs. You know, it's not it's it's you can use the best of both worlds. It's not they're not exclusive, and I found that very powerful. That is, and I think mm. maybe you and I studying stoicism for one of these these podcasts would be good as well. Yes, P- picking a piece of literature and and studying that mm. and understanding genuinely what is stoicism and how is how is it in used today mm. and how can it help someone? Because I I, I interpret it in some the way you interpret it but i also interpret it in somewhat of what jack mentioned because i don't see it as a negative mm. of not getting either the peak or the trough mm. I, I see it as a different kind of perspective of disassociating yourself from the external thing that is bothering you mm. but right. yeah no but and, the, and this is so um the the kind of the inspiration and why this kind of sorry why this resonated um with me um in this particular video is because of the previous conversation we had at the dinner table um do you remember at the brunch um yeah yeah yeah. you remember yeah wow that's powerful um when when i i brought up like we all met together i brought up and i said um i think stoicism is great but you don't get to experience i said the same thing right and then you're like oh no but you can actually use it as a defense mechanism blah 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 and you can still experience the highs and that resonated me and then he said it here and it's like okay that's just reaffirmed it twice and it's it's just really powerful and i i totally agree and i've come around to the idea that it can be a defense mechanism, but it also doesn't inhibit the highs of the highs. 
Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Less I Know podcast. This was an incredibly good one to, to record. It this was, was nice. a really good one. I and really I, liked it. I enjoyed it. Listeners, I'm sorry that it's so long. Um, <laughs> it was did, good. We were having did, fun. Yeah, we, we were. And yeah. we, this this went Time many flies. different ways. I didn't expect it to go the way it went, and I'm happy it did. Yeah. Um, if it's too long, listeners, you should do double speed or 1.75. You'll get through it faster. Exactly. Exactly. But um, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoy this half as much as we enjoyed creating this for you. Um, we will be back very soon with another podcast. And with that... Have a good day. Bye-bye.